0: This morning's scripture readings come from the book of Exodus and the gospel according to Luke. We are in the midst of our new sermon series on the idea of covenant. And these two scriptures reference covenant. They harmonize and they echo with each other. So as you hear the reading this morning reflect on where you hear that harmonization and that echoing between the two scriptures.
1: The scriptures are from the Torah, if you will, Exodus 24, 3 to 11, and from the New Testament, Luke twenty-two fourteen to 20, and both are from the common English Bible. Reading from Exodus, <clears throat> Moses came... And told the people all the Lord's words and all the case laws. All the people answered in unison, Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then wrote down all the Lord's words. He got up early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain. He set up twelve sacred stone pillars for the twelve tribes of Israel. He appointed certain young Israelite men to offer entirely burned offerings And slaughter oxen as well as as well-being sacrifices to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in large bowls. The other half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the covenant scroll and read it out loud for the people to hear. They responded. Everything the Lord has said we will do. And we will obey. Moses then took the blood and threw it over the people. Moses said, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord now makes with you on the basis of all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel went up, and they saw Israel's God. Under God's feet, there was what looked like a floor of lapis lazuli tiles, dazzlingly pure like the sky. God didn't harm the Israelite leaders, though they looked at God. And they ate and drank. And reading from Luke, When the time came, Jesus took his place at the table, and the apostles joined him. He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I tell you, I won't eat it until it is fulfilled in God's kingdom. After taking a cup and giving thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. I tell you that from now on I won't drink from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom has come. After taking the bread and giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after the meal and said, This cup is the new covenant by my blood, which is poured out for you. The word of God.
0: have to get used to the choir behind me again (laughs) it's nice to have the choir back have any of you here ever given blood been a blood donor yeah a lot of you Uh, maybe they came to your office or you gave your blood you got your juice or your cookie you got a sticker that said i donated and then you got to walk around feeling like a hero for the rest of the day. We know that to give blood is to give life. Otherwise, we don't really like to think about blood, talk about blood. It's a little Halloween-y, which is coming up. but (laughs) But our scriptures, both the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament, reference blood a lot in particular we have the idea of blood covenant both in our scriptures from exodus 24 and from luke 22 for today and if we get a better understanding of what blood meant to the ancient people it helps illuminate and helps us understand the meaning of our scriptures In the ancient world, there was a concept of blood covenant that was well-known. It's background that the ancient Hebrews would have just known what it meant. And for us, knowing something about what it meant to ancient people helps us have a better understanding of what the scripture means to us. There is a book called The Blood Covenant. It's by an author named H.C. Trumbull. It's very old. It's from 1887. But it is a seminal work on the idea of blood covenant. And what Trumbull did is collected stories from around the globe, various different cultures, on the practice of blood covenanting. I will give you a brief summary of this book and the idea that he describes of blood covenant. Cultures across the globe, even now, but especially in ancient times, recognized that blood is life. And that because blood is life, blood belongs to the author of life. The author of life has different names in different cultures, but we call the author of our lives God. And people understood that the commingling of blood equaled the commingling of life. If you entered into a blood covenant you entered into a compact with another person that said that you were ready to lay down your life for that friend there are various ways described in the book for this blood covenant to come together to happen Um, but if you've seen a movie where the characters cut their palms and smooshed them together that's the basic idea this blood brotherhood this commingling of blood, commingling of life, this agreement that you are now as close as close could be and you are ready to lay down your life for your friend. In various ways across various cultures, this idea also evolved where you might substitute the blood of an animal for the blood of the two people or two parties of the covenant. And we see that in Exodus 24 and other covenants in the Hebrew scripture where we have animal sacrifice involved. And then in some places, this idea also evolved to include the blood of the grape, also known as wine, to substitute for the blood of the people or the two parties in the covenant. And we see that in Luke 22. And oftentimes, these blood covenants would be um, celebrated, sealed with a common meal, which we see both in Exodus 24 and Luke 22. So our first scripture from this morning that we heard was Exodus 24, and just to review to catch us up to where we are exodus we have the ancient israelites the hebrew people escaping out of slavery generations of slavery in egypt they are groaning under the weight of this slavery god calls moses and his brother aaron to go to pharaoh and say let my people go pharaoh says no a bunch of times god sends a bunch of plagues And so we have what we know as the Passover, which also involves blood. If you remember, in the Passover, blood is put across the doorposts as a sign that the Hebrew people should be passed over during the plague where the eldest child or offspring of every Egyptian person and animal dies. The Hebrews are spared this plague, And Pharaoh lets them go. They escape across the Red Sea or the Reed Sea, depending on your translation preference, into the wilderness where they wander around and land at the base of Mount Sinai with Moses. And in Exodus 19, which Kent talked about last week, God initiates a covenant with the Hebrew people in the wilderness. In Exodus 20, Moses goes up the mountain, receives the Ten Commandments, and in 20 to 23, we get a description of other guidance, commentary, instructions for life as a covenant people given to Moses by God. And then in Exodus 24, Moses comes back down the mountain to the people and tells the people all of God's words. And the people say, everything the Lord has said, we will do. They understand that God has initiated a covenant with them. God has chosen them, set them apart to be a holy people and they have an obligation that goes to live a covenant life together. And in order to symbolically show that they understand and accept this covenant that God initiates, they have a religious ceremony. And their religious ceremony included preparing sacrifices, animal sacrifices and collecting the blood of these animals. The blood was recognized as the life. There is a verse in Deuteronomy that recognizes the blood is the life. That's why we don't often, uh, why they drain the blood of the animal and don't eat it. The blood is the life. Moses separates the blood into two halves. And the first half he throws on the altar. This was customary. My read on this is that that this practice is an acknowledgement that blood is life and it belongs to God as the author of life. Then Moses reads what we now call the book of the covenant, all those regulations and um, words that God speaks to him about how to live life as a covenant people. He reads this to the people, reminding them of their obligations, to God in this covenant. And the people respond, everything the Lord has said, we will do and we will obey. And then Moses takes the second half of the blood collected in bowls and throws it on the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant the Lord now makes with you on the basis of these words. So this covenant God initiates, and God's words are the words of the covenant. The blood symbolizes for the people the acceptance of their commitment. They recognize that God has redeemed them from slavery, chosen them as a holy people set apart. This is a privilege. But with this privilege they are set apart for the task of being a priestly kingdom. They have an obligation, then, with the privilege to follow the Ten Commandments and the other guidelines and instructions to live as a covenant people. And if we remember the idea of the ancient people that the blood covenant ties two parties together, they have now symbolically been bound The blood has been thrown across all of the people. They now are tied together symbolically by this blood covenant that God has initiated with them. They are now a covenant people, one people living with this obligation to each other and to God. And then Moses and the elders go partway up the mountain and have a covenant meal together with God in the presence of God as part of this religious ceremony, this recognition that they are accepting this covenant life. This section on the meal with God in Exodus is really interesting. It has a lot in it but we're going to have to leave the threads loose for today because we're talking about covenant and cup and we need to go to another meal in the presence of God. As described in the Gospel of Luke, Luke 22, the last supper, the last meal Jesus eats with his disciples before he lays down his life for his friends. There's a lot of time between Exodus 24 and Luke 22. But Jesus and the disciples and the author of the Gospel of Luke would have known the account in Exodus 24. It was their scriptures too. They would have known the story of the Exodus and the book of the covenant. And the author of Luke very consciously sets this account in the account of the Passover. This Last Supper is eaten as a Passover meal. It is the time of the Passover, which, if you remember, is the beginning of the Exodus out of Egypt. So it's the time of Passover. Jesus desires to eat the Passover meal with his friends He sends a couple of disciples ahead to make preparations for the Passover meal. They all come together at the table. And Jesus is there with his apostles. And again, there's a lot in this meal, but we're going to focus on the cup. Actually, we're going to focus on two cups, because in Luke, there's two cups. Which is a scholarly puzzle. Why are there two cups in Luke and only one cup in other accounts? Were there really two cups and then all the other authors left one of the cups out to harmonize the accounts? Did Luke remember differently than the others? I don't know. There's a lot of questions around these two cups. But I speculate that Luke gives us two cups because Luke is echoing Exodus, where there are two portions of blood in the blood covenant. And we have the first one, which is an acknowledgement of God as the initiator of the new covenant, which is in Exodus, the blood on the altar. And then the second half is the sign and the seal of the covenant acceptance on behalf of the people. So in Luke, Jesus takes the first cup and he gives thanks to God, acknowledging God as the initiator. And he gives the cup to his disciples and says, take this and share it among yourselves. I tell you from now on, I won't drink from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom has come. Letting the disciples and us know God's doing something. God's initiating something new. And in sharing the cup, they are sharing their common life in God. And then the second cup Jesus takes, and he says, this cup, is the new covenant by my blood, which is poured out for you. You is plural here. You all at the table, poured out for you all. Acknowledging, if we remember the ancient idea. That a blood covenant is to be ready to lay down your life for your friend. Jesus is acknowledging that he is ready to lay down his life for his friends. An acknowledgement of what is coming next. The disciples don't necessarily know, but Jesus knows. He is ready to lay down his life for his friends. This is a new thing. A new covenant. It's a long time from Exodus 24 to Luke 22 to us. We are followers too. Disciples of Jesus Christ as well. This new covenant that Jesus initiated initiates us. Two brings us in as a covenant people and we to celebrate the lord's supper remembering the last supper and here when we celebrate our lord's supper we take communion on the first sunday of the month one of the things that we remember when we take the cup is that we accept and participate in covenant life with each other and with God. When we receive the cup, we are reminded that Jesus has laid down his life for us. In echoes of Exodus, he has redeemed us from slavery to sin made it possible for us to live lives freed from bondage. And when we accept that God in Christ initiates covenant life with us, we accept and promise that we will try to live with God's help up to the obligation of our common life in Christ, a covenant people to live together as a community of people of God the Israelites in between the two heard the book of the covenant this reminder of the ten commandments and all the rules the recitation of the covenant and the principles of living as a covenant people Jesus distilled all of what came before in a few simple sentences for us, which we are very familiar with, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Our covenant instructions. Short, not easy, And we, too, have the remembrance and the recitation of the covenant every time we come to worship, every time we receive communion. We remember that we are, too, called to be a covenant people. And we are to ask God to help us live our lives that way. The good news for us The good news for us is that nobody will throw blood on you as you come to worship this morning. No, that is not the good news. That is a bad joke. I also had another bad joke about, because I started with blood donation, about Jesus as the ultimate blood donor giving his life for us. could not quite tie that one together because it's true. Jesus is the ultimate blood donor with the recognition that blood is life he gave his life for us he laid down his life so that we might be freed and we might live in that grace as a covenant people thanks be to god amen
2: you know
3: invite you to join with me in the morning prayer, and then um, um, at least join with me in listening, and then uh, we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. It is good and necessary for us to be here, O Lord. To humbly come before Your presence, knowing that we would not be here if You had not made it possible, if You had not called us and beckoned us to Yourself, but also offered us the grace that we need to feel confident and assured we are indeed loved by You, and that that has been sealed. Um, in every way, by the gift of your life, symbolized in the blood of Jesus Christ. In him we have life, and then we seek to learn how to live this life in light of your goodness and your grace. Remind us that life is not a problem to be solved, but a gift to be unwrapped and to be savored and enjoyed. So whatever weighs on our minds and our hearts today, Lord, we lift them to you. We release them. We admit that we're prone to want to take them back as soon as we get ready to leave. But let us learn to trust you with all that we have and all that concerns us. We pray for peace in the Middle East, particularly as tensions rise between um, Arab nations and accusations back and forth between Saudi Arabia and Iran. We pray for peace and settlement of how to govern the people of Israel after the elections and forming a government that will, that will be um, for the good, not only of those people who call themselves um, Jews, but also for the Palestinians who are their neighbors, whose land they, they share. Lord, may there be a, a way for each family, and each group to flourish and prosper. We pray for all the young people who mobilized this past weekend out of concern for our planet and its health and its endurance. Lord, may their concern be our concern. May we not only look at legislation that will help us curb some of our practices that Um, That affects the vitality of our planet, but also may we show the respect that um, we don't use up what is ours, but we keep mindful of the fact that this world belongs to you. And for generations to come, we want it to be a place where we um, benefit from its gifts but also um, understand that it too is responsive to your will in this world. May all of creation, including those of us who care for it, worship you by how we live. And then, Lord, when it comes to the interactions of people we spend time with on a daily basis or weekly. Um, Those whom we're related to um, by birth and those whom we call family out of inclusion. Teach us where we need to be more attentive and where we need to say things that will right wrongs and restore relationships. When we need to offer forgiveness, when we need to ask for it, help us have courage, knowing that we are loved by you and that you call us to, um, to be loving and to be vulnerable in a way that we know the good will prevail. Lord, in all these ways, we want to live the life you've called us to and For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we prepare to present our tithes and offerings, I also want to call attention to um, a blurb in the in the newsletter describing the group that is about to go to Rwanda next month in the middle of October, toward, yeah, I think it's October 18th, the departure time. That group is still in need of about $10,000 to cover the cost of their trip. And so those of us who intended to give, and I count myself as one of them and have not done so yet, now's the time. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. It would be wonderful for us to contribute to their uh, engagement of serving uh, the children um, of Rwanda or the school of Rafiki where they're going to serve. And now let us present our, our, our gifts to God as a response to God's love for us and a reminder that all good things come from God. Would the ushers please come? Lord, be in our minds and in our thinking, be in our feet and in our doing, be in our hands and in our serving, be in our hearts and in our giving, that all that we have and all that we are might honor your blessed name, amen.
2: We are called out, we are ready.
0: desire to pray with someone we have two prayer partners up here and steve and tim who are ready to pray with you you're invited to come forward go now in peace to love and serve the lord and as you go may the peace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you all alleluia amen